everybody, and welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the co-host of this show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 108, Subscription Get In. I love this term. Oh, isn't that great? It is. And this feels very relevant for you. And the reason we're talking about this is because you've had some recent uh, triggers. triggers? Is that the word? Yeah. (laughs) I I was triggered by this email you sent the other day. And so we expense a lot of the subscriptions that we try out for the podcast on your behalf. So you Mm -hmm. hopefully don't have to. And you sent me one the other day because I recommended this app, Rise. Which I'm loving. Yeah, it's a great app. I don't know if it's worth what they're trying to charge for it. Well, they're also doing some A-B testing, yeah. which is also annoying. Well, it's annoying, but also leaves me with an uncomfortable taste in my mouth. Yeah. Because they charged me $80 for a year. Uh, and then they quoted you. What did they quote? 120 So they're And I obvi- didn't know my trial period was shorter than yours. So yeah. I only had a seven-day trial, which I hadn't realized. I thought it was 30. And this all happened. It all built it by accident. We both... Subscribed in the same day. Yeah, the same day. Yeah. So. And we got different quotes and different trial times. Yeah. So thank you, Rise. Uh, but this triggered me because you sent the uh, the receipt to me uh, <laughs> for just expensing it through the business. And I saw $120 a year for an app. And then yeah. that made me think, wait a second. This isn't the only app that I'm paying uh, what could be considered... Well, this feels a bit like... Uh, yeah, old, that's a lot for well, this app. This feels a bit like an old man shouts at cloud uh, argument uh, in a way, or old man complains about inflation. This triggered me, and it got me thinking, okay, what are all of the apps that I subscribe to? And so I made a list. You made a list too. My list is not nearly as long as your list. How many? I, so, okay, we, we should say um, these are productivity subscriptions or what could be considered productivity, wellness, that sort of thing, subscriptions. We're not talking about entertainment. We're not talking about Disney Plus. We're not talking about things of that nature. We're talking about things that support the work that we do, something we talk about all the time on the podcast. And I just thought of another one, so I'm going to add it. All right. All right. And the reason we're doing this is because we want to, I think this is a problem a lot of people do, yeah. right? Especially now when the subscription model is not only so common, commonly used by yeah. like developers, but it's also become much more acceptable. Like I remember in the yeah. early like tech days when people were buying their software, yeah. right? I mean, in my mind, the comparison for is this a good thing is. Yeah. Well, what was what were we doing before? And was this better? Are we getting more mm. value for what we're paying? Because I remember back in the day, like as a student, really struggling with whether I should buy Microsoft Office. Or, oh yeah, um, because it was a lot of money. It was like two hundred bucks for a year, or not a year, a subscribe, sub- the whole software. Yeah, I, I but, had the same thing for the the Mac. Yeah, where they released a new version of the operating system, and it was like thirty dollars yeah. or a hundred dollars, and they wow, they actually had to make. An app or the operating system better yeah. year over year so people would continue to benefit from it and get the amount of utility out of it that they wished to charge for it. Yeah, it was a choice, right? You could use Microsoft Office version whatever forever until it was no longer supported, so but that would be years and years down the road. Now the, the choice has shifted from do I want to upgrade this piece of software that I bought before to do I want this software at all? Yeah. Because to get it at all, 
I need to pay every year or every month mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Or the other option is you use a much worse version, like a downgraded version where you're either harassed by ads or you don't get all the features that you like. So, I mean, there are outside options, but often there's so much worse that they're trying to get you into the what subscription. What a time. What a what time, time to be alive. And sometimes it's worth it, right? So we're not just going to talk. I mean, we're going to talk a little about the ones we have because I think you, you've just found it so hilarious that you have so many. Yeah. But we're also going to talk about how to yeah. how to go through your own and think about, or like how to prevent yourself from getting into a place where you have so many subscriptions unthinkingly, right? Because it's so yeah. easy to subscribe to these. And, so, so easy. And the idea is you unsubscribe from these before you reach a, a tipping point as we did, uh, or as you maybe did. I did, because you have like two of them on your list, <laughs> um, as I did, where you think, oh, that's the straw that will break the camel's back. Time to do a, a subscription audit. The idea is to reflect on whether these things are actually providing you with value on a regular basis. As more companies switch away uh, from this, frankly, straightforward business model of creating a piece of software and then selling it um, to this business model of creating a subscription and kind of, I don't want to say trapping you in a little ecosystem of the app, but some apps are moving in that direction. Yeah, where they won't even tell you when it's about to pay for it or yeah. re- resubscribe. Oh, I could rant about this stuff for about an hour. Well, that's not what we're here to do. One thing to note is, you know, this idea of a subscription service, it's not new. There have been subscriptions for all of time, right? I mean, um, like, what's the word? Newspapers are the classic example of this, yeah. right? People have been paying for a daily or did weekly you, wait, newspaper wait, forever. Did you just forget the word newspaper? I did. <laughs> but all that to say... There have been subscriptions before technology is what it is today. We we had subscriptions back in the day too. So this is not new, but I think the f- volume of them for a lot of people is very new. I wonder how much of this stems from this uh, reticence that people have for paying for apps. You know, we all have people in our life and maybe you're one of them. I'm uh, a little bit one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Looking at your list um, where, you know, people say, oh, I don't want this. Uh, to pay a dollar for this app that takes care of my kids all day long. And you think, wait, doesn't the app provide you with more value than a dollar if it's essentially a babysitter all day long? This is an imaginary app. Um, And they'll say, I don't want to pay a dollar for an app. Are you going to get out of here with your dollar for an app? Software. Like there... This is not to say that this software doesn't provide real value and real utility. Um, You can make that argument for a lot of apps, but this is an argument against the accumulation and maybe even the overall uh, business model of these because things used to be a lot simpler. And this is not to say like... In my opinion, more things are subscription services than we give them credit for. Um, So the way I see it is toothpaste is a subscription service. Because when you run out of toothpaste, you buy more toothpaste. And the only thing separating your toothpaste from a subscription of toothpaste, which we actually had for a while, uh, is called Quip. They sent uh, toothbrush heads at the same time as well. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. Um, But the only thing different is the regularity. Of the subscription service, right? There's also one other key important difference. And so I don't want to go all econ on you, but... Oh, please do. This is please do. a classic example of an opt-in versus an opt-out subscription exactly. where the... So in the classic... In, this is an idea from kind of a subfield of economics of behavioral economics where... And it's not even just from that, but in policies, in a lot of policies, 
or rules, you have to opt in. So for example, you have to opt in to your employer's like health insurance plan, or maybe you have to opt in to become a, an organ donor a in your country plan or, or a retirement plan. These are all things that you have to opt into by default, but the default could be that you have to opt out. Right. And so the example that you're using as of toothpaste, you had to go to the store, like you have to opt in where mm-hmm. right now, if you buy a subscription, like a, a subscription to an app that is automatically going to recharge your credit card, you have to opt out. Yeah. And so that's the big difference is there's, there's friction with whatever doing something that isn't the default, right? So in the example of organ donation policies, this is a really famous example where when people have the option, when the default option is to opt out, many people report saying that they actually really do want to be an organ donor. So making it easy for them to be an organ donor is actually optimal for the majority of people. And so what they find is that when countries switch to an opt-in or opt-out policy, the rate of people who are willing to or are on the registry to be organ donors goes way, way up. Mm. And so these ideas of like going against the default really, really changes the friction that people face in doing something that they would rather do. The toothpaste mm. example, you have to opt in. You have to go to the store and make a trip to go get toothpaste. Yeah. Now with the opt out model and even with like subscribe and save, you're going to automatically get these things unless you do something to not get them. Mm. Subscri- and, I didn't even think of subscribe and save on yeah. Amazon. So, yeah. I mean, these are all examples of the default is making it easier for you to say subscribe to a lot of things right now because it's all mm. digital. And so you're totally right that this has the flavor of things that we have used for many, many years and for many, many generations, but the ease of which to like opt out is now harder. Yeah. And for me, that minty freshness has turned into (laughs) a a, a sour taste in my mouth looking at all these uh, credit cards. Well, I want to go through the ones that I subscribe to. Mm -hmm. um, And I should put an asterisk around this saying all of these are a business expense. And so what that means is it's with pre-tax money. So it's essentially as though I'm saving the tax on each of these, right? 30, 50%, whatever the corporate tax right, rate Right, because we're just talking about work stuff right now. Yeah, we're not talking about the Disney pluses of the I, world. I'm not going to go through the prices of all this stuff because no. my list is too long. But what I will do is tell you that these are the things that I think are worth my time uh, and my money. And Given that, I'll describe a bit of what they do, I guess, in case you're interested in something that is in these categories of apps. Um, this is not an endorsement. This is These are the apps that I am left with after doing the audit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so these are what survived. We have a survivorship bias problem here, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But just to give a sense, I think the idea here is that it's a sense of scale. You're not... You want to just this highlight how many there are. Yeah, your list is much longer than mine. So Timeular, which is the time tracking cube. They comp the membership, but I put it on because I get the value of it. Focusmate is another one, $5 a month. Easy $5 pairs you with somebody around the world who wants to work on something in that moment. And so you work together for 50 minutes or an hour or so. Rise, the app that initiated This whole discussion today, which I'm not sure I'll renew at renewal, but it looks interesting. Uh, It Essentially, it looks at your sleep and when you fall asleep, when you wake up, to tell you your energy rhythms over the course of the day so you can work around them. Overcast, my podcast player of choice. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan 
of this app. It, uh, I pay just to remove the ads and to have the ability to upload files. The free version is very, very good. Uh, Grammarly, which I use to edit articles. Apple One, which has I- extra iCloud storage and all the Apple services. Audible, how I listen to audiobooks. You have that one. Actually, it's on hold right now. Oh, okay. So yeah. you don't. <laughs> um, remarkable. Right, the remarkable tablet, the infamous remarkable tablet. We should say we t- reviewed it on a previous episode, mm-hmm. uh, episode number. I, I should really keep a, a list, like a running list of all these, because we uh, reference them constantly. Um, Chat GPT, which I really find worthwhile. Um, Dropbox, uh, Text Expander, which is an app that uh, you type a little snippet of text and it expands to the full blown snippet. There are free versions, but this one allows for uh, collaboration. So I have a shared uh, uh, text expander folder with a few friends that I do business strategy stuff with uh, where we put our snippets in the folder so we can kind of share them and collaborate in that way. Fantastical. Oh, now I'm going to save that one till the end. Uh, Bear. Have you heard of Bear? I have not. This is quickly becoming my uh, favorite writing app. So a mm. uh, bit of background, I wrote my three books in text edit, but I wrote my Audible original in Bear because it's like a simpler, lighter weight thing. And I'm finding I'm writing more in Bear uh, going forward. It's in the Apple kind of world. You have to be in that ecosystem, that walled garden, but it's beautiful. It's it, It's not overly overpriced or anything like that. Um, I get a fair amount of value from that. And Fantastical, the final one. That's now, a lot. Now, okay. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I'm going to be as articulate about this extemporaneously because I've not prepared a rant or anything about Fantastical. But recently, Fantastical, which is a calendar app, in my opinion, it is still the best one uh, despite the mismanagement. This app is great. It's for the Mac, it's for the iPad, the iPhone, the watch. It delivers a lot of value to my life. Um, And the price recently went up. Now, inflation, you're you're an economist. I know you don't study inflation, but um, last year it was what, eight or so percent? This year is three or four percent. So it's like 11 or 12 over the the last couple of years. Um, Over the last couple of years, Fantastical has uh, increased their price by 40 or 50 percent without delivering more value. In fact, I think the value has gone down because of uh, not only the pain of paying the price of the subscription, which in Canadian dollars is $129 every year, recurring subscription for the two of us to have it as a family membership. But the alternatives are also getting better alongside the price going up. And so I I don't know why Fantastical has become such a, a miserly company where they have to eke out every little penny of subscription revenue. But the rating for the app is now three and a half stars on the App Store. It's a five-star app, but it's a three and a half rating because everybody is upset over this. People who used to love this application now can't use it to its full potential because of uh, of the mis- miserly management, is, is how I'll put it. Um, and rant over, but... We can take take subscriptions too far. Wow, I think that's the most ranty you've ever been on this podcast. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know. I, something about it really, really rubs me the wrong way. I can sense that, and I, I will say so. <laughs> my list is much shorter, and the reason for that, I mean, I 
I was a student forever. And I think I will probably have a student budget mindset for most of my That's life, good, which, is, it's yeah. a, which is a good thing. And I mean, you laugh about, we all know that one person in our life who won't pay a dollar for an app. It's you. And it, it is me. Oh. I looked at my phone when you were starting to get all heated about this yeah. a few weeks ago, I guess now. And I looked at my phone to see what subscriptions I have. And the only one I have is a weather app. I pay $4 a year <laughs> for I like for iPhone apps. And it's because I actually love the weather network and their uh, version with ads sucks. And I really hated looking at those ads all the time. So I don't anymore. And so I pay the $4 a year just for the weather app, for the Canadian weather app, because I also love the weather network. Yeah. I, I just think it's a wonderful channel and I have a lot of fond memories as a kid watching this. And they have the best data, they, most importantly. They do have really good data. Yeah. yeah. They have the humidity, which in Ontario is just, you need that. Like the feels <laughs> like is usually 10 degrees different in the summer they say versus it's, the wind chill. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. It's the humidity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the only kind of personal app I have a subscription to. I used to have a subscription to Audible. I still have it technically, but it's on hold right well, I, now. I didn't realize we were doing personal apps too. No, no, no. Oh. I just, I know you used Audible. Well, so that's the only one I mentioned. My but, favorite personal app is, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tinder. Tinder, yeah. Have you heard of this app called <laughs> did Tinder? Did we both make the same <laughs> joke? Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, okay, but all that, so that, I mean, I just thought it was kind of funny that I am that person who will not pay for apps. Oh, and that you. has extended to my work. Like, I am very, very thoughtful about what apps I will or will not subscribe to. One of them is Overleaf. And the reason for that is because, so it's a LaTeX compiler that you can, it's much easier to write in LaTeX in Overleaf, you can also collaborate, which is fantastic if you're using Overleaf. So I pay, I think, $5 a month for that. Um, and I also pay for Google uh, Google Drive. Mm. When I moved away from, when I finished my PhD, I wanted to be, I was using Microsoft OneDrive because I had an account through Queens where I did my PhD for that. And when I left Queens, I wanted to make sure I was very thoughtful about where I moved all my stuff to before I like lost access to it. Mm. And I did a lot of research and I was I decided Google Drive was the best place to put all of my research and like teaching files and all my all of my um, kind of work is in Google Drive, the stuff that I control. So it's all in Google Drive. So I do pay for that, which is probably my most expensive. And then, yeah, I guess after you mentioned you paid for time, you learned Focusmate, I do also pay for those. And I think those are my all of my subscriptions. And I, I'm very, and I think I have fewer because I'm pretty hesitant to pay for Anything. I also do get some things through my access at work. Like I get access to Microsoft Office, for example. Like I don't have to pay for that because I get it. Yeah. I also get Zoom. Well, I also get lots of other things. I also pay for Office and Zoom. I forgot to add those okay. to the yeah. list. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't have to pay for those because I get them through my work. But for work and for personal, I almost subscribe to nothing. Like I really don't subscribe to well, many things. Well, I am very happy for yeah. you, Arden. I will I'm say very happy the Fantastical thing even though How I know, do you feel about that? Yeah, so this was this this last price hike, it made me really look hard at how good iCal and Microsoft Office have gone. Mm-hmm. I already use Microsoft Office for my work calendar and I can mm. very easily bring that into iCal. Like yeah. I can very easily move my life to iCal and it's gotten a lot better Maybe since I used to use it. Maybe we do it at the next renewal because at, at this point it's principal yeah. <laughs> um, for me. Just like a company kind of, um, I, I don't want to say extorting, but when, when somebody loves an app so much and uses it so much that they will, they have a willingness to pay that is quite high for an application, I feel the respectable thing to do as an app developer is to cultivate a long-term relationship with your users um, to think, okay, let's find a way where, like, let's treat our users well. 
let's make sure we can bring as many of them into the fold as we can so that price isn't a limiting factor if somebody is a student or something like that. They can't just can't afford the app. Um, I, I think that's the respectable thing to do as opposed to, okay, how can we make as much money as we possibly can for this application? Uh, freedom is another one I forgot to mention. It's a distraction blocker. Oh. Yeah, very good. I oh, like yeah, yeah. I've used to use Freedom. And, like, that's the tension, right? Like, all of these are worth the money. Some of them are. I think this is also, it. worth the money is my very much a personal yeah. preference, right? Because I have used almost every app that you described on your, like, you pay for Overcast. I yeah. also use Overcast as my primary podcast app, but I don't pay for to it. To be fair, it's like $10 a year. I know. And yeah. he, and I mean, I think he's he's built a really great app. So Marco if Arnold. I were to pay yeah. for an over, for an a podcast app, I would probably pay for that one, yeah, yeah. but I don't. I don't think it's worth $10 a year for paying for something that is perfectly good as the free version. Yeah, so yeah. when you say it's, these things are worth it, I think that also comes down to your like values, your preferences. Mm-hmm. Everybody's willingness to pay is different, which is why a company like Fantastical sets a price at what they do because there's obviously enough demand, right? At the end of the day, I, I do pay Yes, in more so, ways than one. Yes, I suppose. So I think one of the other big reasons that I also don't have as many subscriptions as you is I am, I, I'm not going to brag, but I oh. think I'm a lot better at you at making sure I have a reminder that I'm about to have a subscription renew. This is true. I immediately, when I subscribe for anything, and this includes like monthly stuff, I have an alert in my calendar that tells me, hey, just a reminder, this auto renewal is going to renew next week if it's a yearly one Mm. or tomorrow if it's a daily one um, or a monthly one, sorry. And the reason for that is because it it makes me constantly reassess whether something is worth my time. Mm. And the last month, actually, I was finding Focusmate is kind of on the edge for me where I'm like, I think I could get away with just the five sessions a month because I don't use it consistently enough Right now, like I might resubscribe. And that's the other thing. You can always resubscribe to these things. So we do this all the time with like entertainment ones. For example, like Disney Plus, we resubscribe when we want to watch something and then we unsubscribe when we're finished watching whatever the thing that we wanted to get on there for. So I think this idea that you can't come back is obviously wrong. You can always come back. So Focusmate is a good example where I used to use it all the time. I haven't been finding myself using it as much lately. Mm -hmm. And I think I could get away with the five sessions they give for free. Um, but I, I also acknowledge that I have had it ebbing and flowing. So I, I think yeah. every month though, having these reminders that, Hey, this thing you're subscribed to is going to renew. And a lot of the cases, so for example, Overleaf, like I wouldn't be able to do my work without it. So there's no yeah. way I'm going to unsubscribe from Overleaf and it's $5 a month. So I'm very much willing to pay for that. If it was like $50 a month, that, that would be a different list, story. Overleaf. It is. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, but then. So, but something like Focusmate every month, this kind of reminder makes me reassess. So I think as soon as you subscribe, getting into the habit of saying, oh, I'm subscribed to this thing, it's going to renew in a month, mm-hmm. a week, a year. I got bit dinged with the rise thing because I thought it was renewing in a month, not seven days. Yeah, yeah. Normally I don't miss that. But um, yeah, the normally I, I always make a reminder to, to mm-hmm. let myself from, kind of assess as things go on. And then you don't end up in this wormhole where you end up subscribing to all these apps that you've forgotten about. Yeah. And and that seems to be um, a, a trend that's happening with these apps too, where 
they're going from monthly subscriptions to yearly subscriptions. Yes, yeah, so um, you've forgotten by, that you subscribed yeah, by the end. Or it's a sunk cost at that point. You think, oh, I spent $100 on some app. Might as well get a lot of value out of it and you don't end up canceling. Fortunately, for the app store purchases, so if you go into the app store, it's, it's not easy to get there. You go to the app store, you click your face in the top right, then you click subscriptions. You can cancel any subscription before it renews. And so the subscription stays value that valid up to the point of renewal. Uh, so even though there is this trend of uh, monthly to yearly subscriptions, if that interest ebbs and flows, you'll notice that a, you hit a pain point at the time of renewal and then you have to choose to renew and pay again. Uh, that's something I do with pretty much every app I subscribe to that has a yearly subscription is right after subscribing to it, I'll cancel it in that admin panel and then reevaluate if it's necessary. So mm. it's kind of a rolling thing. Um, the ones that uh, I have left here on my list, they're they're worthwhile, I've deemed, but uh, a lot of those are set to cancel as well. But checking the app store, looking through your credit card bills as well, uh, it's kind of hard, harder to catch the ones that are a year long. Uh, so you have to do this for a, a longer period of time, unfortunately. Um, but you end up catching ones that are often $100 or more uh, if they're every year. Uh, $10 a month, $8 a month, it's, mm. you know, it, it, it's a decent, it's not hard to reach that amount of value that you deliver to the customer. Um, and so you really catch those. And usually you can reach out to these companies and ask for a refund. Uh, I have never had somebody say no. Uh, out of all the times I've noticed it on my credit card, it's a good habit to get into anyway, just looking at your credit card uh, for scams, for people using it or something like that. Uh, mind the subscriptions at the same time. Nice. All right. Any other uh, tactics? No, I think the calendar thing for me, I, I, I don't subscribe to nearly as many things as you do, as we've now learned. Yeah. Um, a lot of these are, you know, they support... The work I do, they support yeah, yeah, the business, sure. and um, I also piggyback on some of these, like Apple oh, One, yeah. for example. I also use for our personal stuff, so yeah. I mean, I use that as well. So it's a little unfair for me to say I don't use these things because I also I sometimes use like yeah your your apps as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for my work, I I think the only ones I pay for are the ones that I really really need for my work, mm. and otherwise I still have a student budget mindset and Sound, I won't pay for apps. Sounds like a good way to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The student mindset idea, I think, is an underrated one. The student budget mindset? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great because you're always kind of, I feel like I can't afford anything, which yeah. is, it means I'm much more, I guess, miserly than I would I wouldn't maybe call otherwise you miserly. Be. No, but no. I, I, I think a little more sensitive, price sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Than mm. I otherwise would be. So may you all never lose your price sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is our wish for you. As we depart on this episode, uh, subscription again, episode number one hundred eight. That might, that might be our best title. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we should just rename the pod. No, that's no. a terrible idea. Every episode is a new subscription that we subscribe to, where we evaluate <laughs> it whether it's worth the the cost. Well, people are subscribing to this podcast, so yeah, they don't mm-hmm. pay. They don't pay. Yeah, it's good. 
It's nice. This, this will be the one thing you don't have to pay for in your life when when you're old and gray. Um, so that, thank you for listening to another episode of Time and Attention. Timeandattention.fm is where you can find all the corresponding show notes, links to all the things that we uh, have talked about, all our favorite subscription services. Those are in the show notes as well. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye. Bye.